Good morning, everyone. You're listening to the World Teacher Programme for Share International New Zealand on Planet FM 104.6. Each Friday morning, we bring you information from the teachers of the Ageless Wisdom. The purpose of our programme is to introduce Maitreya, the World Teacher for the Age of Aquarius. Maitreya does not come alone. He brings with him the Masters of Wisdom, a group of highly evolved teachers who work in many fields and teach us the art of living, how to work in right relationship with each other. With their inspiration, we can transform our civilization, creating justice and peace and use the technological advances available to us. Approximately every two and a half thousand years, a new teacher brings a body of teaching to humanity that is suited to our needs at that particular time. Usually this takes place at the end of an age. Right now, as the age of Pisces declines and our solar system aligns with the constellation Aquarius, new energies are beginning to make themselves felt. As these Aquarian energies of sharing and justice stream into our planet, the need for change can be seen more clearly. A period of chaos ensues as the old order lessens its grip on humanity and the impulse of sharing, justice and peace inspires us to move forward in evolution as a united group. And good morning everyone and welcome to uh, our Maitreya program. Um, this morning we have a couple of articles from Benjamin Kremsmaster to start. Uh, these two articles first published in 1999 and 2015 consider the workings of the laws, uh, not of humanity but of the universe as part of the next great step in the unfoldment of the plan. One day the world will see itself as one and that the law brings changes which are inevitable and just. So it's titled The Rule of Law by Mr. Benjamin Krems Master. Since mankind has for the most part rejected the rule of law, it has experienced a series of disasters which it has interpreted as acts of God. These acts of men bear little resemblance to the planned evolution of this earth. When men realize this, they will make a concerted effort to readjust their thinking and actions and thus set to rights the rule of law. Gradually, the rhythm of the law will impose itself on life and a new harmony and greater equilibrium will result. To aid this process, a mighty avatar stands behind Maitreya. The spirit of peace or equilibrium through the law of action and reaction pours his cosmic presence upon the chaos of this world. Men do but dimly so far register the impact of this transforming force. Nevertheless, the energies of equilibrium now saturate, saturate the earth. This being so, men can look forward to an extraordinary era of calm, different indeed from the turmoil of today. Within that unparalleled era of peace and calm, the new civilization will grow to ever more glorious heights, reaching for the stars. Men will conquer space and destroy the illusion of time. The energies of cosmos, today unknown, will be harnessed and put to use. 
a growing sense of his divinity, will drive men to look deeply within, finding thereby the essence of his true identity and his oneness with nature and God. Thus will his environment, no longer abused and prostituted to his ends, flourish and render back the sustenance for all his needs. Thus will the new civilization uh, represent the next great step in the unfoldment of the plan. Thus will man regain the momentum of his evolution lost long so long ago. And thus shall we, your elder brothers, watch and encourage, warn and protect, and experience the joy of man's return to the fold. Thus shall it be. As Maitreya has so often stated, men must see themselves as one. This is the essential first step to all future progress. On the fulfillment of that uh, condition, everything else depends. The first task of Maitreya and his group will be to show men that this is so, that only then can self-destruction be avoided, that only then can the sleeping potential of man be unleashed for its next and great achievement. We do not doubt that men will awaken to their oneness, underlying all man's stressless striving, underlying all man's restless striving, I should say, is the dawning awareness that all must share in the solving of the huge and manifold problems which beset them today. That the responsibility, like the problems, is global and indivisible, and that only through cooperation and self-denial can they adequately be met and overcome. Maitreya, soon to appear before the world, has the task of opening men's minds to these truths. Do not doubt his ability and success. And that was from June 1999. We have a short one here as well. Uh, it's called The Justice of the Law. It's also by Mr. Krim's Master. Men live in a changing world and must accept it as the norm. For some, these changes will seem threatening and unwelcome while for others, especially the young, they will be welcomed with open arms. Be assured that they are for the best, whatever your stance, for they reflect the needs of the time and are inevitable and just. Men should realize that they themselves are creating the conditions whereby these changes impact their lives. When this realism bears fruit, a smoother transition into the new time will become the norm. Our advice to men is this. Hold not to blaming unseen forces, but realize your own part in creating the transformations of our time. Be assured that out of these transformations will come an ecstatic joy. And that was uh, March 2015. Now moving on to another article. This is from the October issue of, of Share International magazine. And it's from the point of view section with the title put climate at the heart of COVID-19 economic recovery plans and it's by a man by the name of Pablo Vieira Sampa. Um, Washington DC June 2020. Cast your mind back six months ago it seemed like a lifetime. The world's attention was on Madrid. The United Nations was meeting to take stock of international progress in fighting climate change. Headlines were dominated by young people pointing out, rightly, that governments were still not doing enough. They demanded urgent and ambitious action to cut emissions and help the most vulnerable. Fast forward to today. 
A then unheard of disease has swept around the world with a death toll of almost half a million and climbing. Whole societies have shut down. The world faces its deepest recession in a century. And cities across the West have exploded in protest against racial and economic injustice. At first glance, it is hard to imagine a bleaker outlook for the climate action that our young people were demanding. The climate crisis has certainly not abated. Globally, last month, that's 2020, was the hottest May ever recorded. The past decade was simply the hottest in recorded history. Uh, this, this year was supposed to be a deadline for con- um, countries to produce more ambitious climate plans known as Nationally Determined Contributions or NDCs. Instead, governments are reeling in the face of uh, twin economic and healthcare crisis. What chances there for bold climate action? But there is still cause for hope. As countries plan for economic recovery, uh, governments have a major opportunity to drive investment in more efficient, more resilient and lower emission infrastructure and unleash uh, win-win outcomes. The International Energy Agency calculates that an ambitious recovery focused on efficient and low carbon technologies can make 2019 the definitive big in global emissions while leaving the global economy 3.5% bigger in 2023 than it would be otherwise. If governments seize this opportunity, we can build more sustainable development models and address the climate crisis at the same time. This is where the NDC partnership is making a difference. We are a coalition of more than 110 countries and around 70 international institutions working together to drive climate action and sustainable development through National Climate Plans, or NDCs. In line with our commitment to country-driven climate action, we consulted with 70 of our member countries in the early stage of the COVID-19 pandemic to understand the challenges they face. Our assessment highlights cause for concern ranging from shrinking climate budgets to growing national debts. Countries want to shape their economic recovery in line with their national climate priorities, but in many cases they lack the capacity to do so. Led by our co-chairs, the governments of Costa Rica and the Netherlands, the partnership is unveiling a raft of green recovery measures at a virtual green recovery forum today. In a show of solidarity, Dozens of our country and institutional members are committing to place climate plans at the heart of economic recovery. As part of this commitment, the partnership is unveiling its deployment of economic advisors to at least 30 developing countries to support government in designing climate-friendly recoveries. This initiative is backed by a group of leading experts from across our membership so that Countries can leverage the latest thinking in smart recovery uh, from clean energy and transport systems to safer, more resilient agriculture and water infrastructure. Countries and um, institutions alike will learn from each other's experiences and armed with this great uh, capacity and access to expertise, countries have a real prospect of building back better. This gives me hope, but there is more. 
In the face of COVID-19, we are reminded of some important facts that have been lost in much recent political debate. It pays to heed expert scientific advice. Natural disasters cannot be wished away just because they are politically uh, impalatable. Effective governments are vital to responding to global crisis. Resources can be mobilized at huge scale when the need is clearly understood. And when societies are mobilized, we can make big changes happen fast. Climate change is as big a crisis as humanity has ever faced. But whenever you doubt um, whether we can rise to that challenge, cast your mind back six months. The global community is primed for a green recovery. And continuing on with that same theme, this next article from the same issue is titled Save Natural Habitat, Save Lives. A few years before the world had heard of COVID-19, a protest march took place as part of an international series of demonstrations. It was the March for Science, which is now an international event held annually on Earth Day, which is the 22nd of April. The non-partisan movement celebrates science and the role it plays in everyday lives. Rallies are held to emphasise the need for evidence-based policies in the public's best interests. The first March for Science took place in 2017. And now, a few years later, the world is realising how reliant we are on good science. So what happened to Earth Day celebrations in 2020? The planet's largest civic event went entirely digital for the first time in its history. The Earth Day's network announced, We resolved that after the COVID-19 pandemic ended, we would restore our Earth to a cleaner, fairer, better world for everyone. And it is science that is warning us now that, even if it is primarily for reasons of self-interest and self-preservation, we must take urgent action to protect our habitat, particularly the planet's forests. Under the theme of urgent action on biodiversity for sustainable development, the Summit on Biodiversity will be convened by the President of the General Assembly at the United Nations Headquarters in New York on the first and second days of general debate on the 30th of September 2020. Unless, of course, medical science advises otherwise. At the summit... The world will hear the warnings of researchers that loss of natural habitat and biodiversity creates the perfect conditions for the easy transmission of new zoonotic diseases. Researchers have a stark message for the world. They are telling the world's leaders, if you you allow forest and biodiversity to be destroyed at current rates, you will place humanity at risk of further new pandemics passing from animals to humans. Ecologists and biologists will tell the UN summit that there is now clear evidence of a strong link between environmental destruction and the increased emergence of deadly new diseases such as COVID-19. According to Robin McKee, the science and environmental editor for the Observer newspaper, Rampant rampant deforestation, uncontrolled expansion of farming and the building of mines in remote regions, as well as the exploitation of wild animals as sources of food, traditional medicines and exotic pets, are creating a perfect storm for the spillover of diseases from wildlife to people. 
Almost a third of all emerging diseases have originated through the process of land use change, it is claimed. As a result, new epidemics may be expected. Another quote, there are now a whole raft of activities, illegal logging, clearing and mining with associated international trades in bushmeat and exotic pets that have created this crisis, said Stuart Pym, Professor of Conservation at Duke University. And he goes on to say, in the case of COVID-19, it has cost the world trillions of dollars and already killed almost a million people. So clearly, urgent action is needed. Tens of millions of hectares of rainforest and other wild environments are being destroyed every year to make way for palm trees, for palm oil used in a variety of products, cattle farming and for mining and oil extraction. Vegetation and wildlife are host to viruses and bacteria which can then accidentally infect new hosts such as humans and domestic livestock. These microbes may flourish in human host and therefore be easily transmitted to others and this results in effect in a new disease. We have well-documented examples such as the transmission of spillover of the HIV virus from primates which were being slaughtered for bushmeat in West Africa uh, to men and women. Ebola fever is passed on by bats to primates and humans. And now we have the COVID-19 virus with transmission between bats and humans. In a paper published in Science magazine in the July 2020 issue, Pim and other scientists and econo- economists propose setting up a program to monitor wildlife, reduce spillovers, end the wildlife meat trade and reduce deforestation. Such a scheme would cost more than US $20 billion a year, a price tag that is dwarfed by the cost of the COVID-19 pandemic, which has wiped trillions of dollars from national economies around the world. And um, Pim says, we estimate that the value of prevention costs for 10 years to be only about 2% of the costs of the COVID-19 pandemic. Researchers add that reducing deforestation, which is a major source of carbon emissions, would also have the benefit of helping the battle against climate change. And that was sourced from theguardian.com and the Yale University website. Right. Now we have something here, a couple of messages here from uh, Mr. Cream and and the Master. And um, we'll start off with this one. Man is on the verge of a great discovery. That disease is the result of imbalance. That correct balance is maintained by correct thought and action. And that such correct thought and action involves his brothers and sisters everywhere. If man would end disease, he must first end separation. That was Mr. Krem from uh, Health and Healing Part 1. And he goes on, I shall show you that the way for man is the way of brotherhood, close cooperation and mutual trust and service. This is the only way. All else has failed. My friends, unless man can do this, man on this earth will cease to be. I threaten not, but simply state the truth. There is but little time left to restore the balance of nature and the world. Make it your primary task to release to all men the wherewithal to exist in human dignity as sons of God, brothers all. Make over in trust for all men the produce of the world to the millions of the world, to the nations of the world, sorry. 
do this today as free men and reap the glory tomorrow as sons of God. And that was my transmission number 12. That's all we have time for. If you'd like more information, check out the website share-international.org.